Gardner freaking Minshew. If there's a guy, it, that sometimes that matters. Sometimes that's what it comes down to when you're in a tight division. A lot of quarterbacks miss time. If it's just a week or two, you're going to slide in Gardner Minshew into that. I feel just as confident with him sliding in there. I think that matters in a division like this where it's really tight. Chalk it up. The Eagles win the division because Gardner Minshew breaks the Cowboys' hearts on uh, Christmas Eve down in Jerry World. And uh, there it is. Sorry, guys. Salutations, sports fans and socialites. Welcome to the Bloodlines Podcast, your one-stop shop for sports news fresher than Jardinera in a gutter. Coming at you from sunny Chicago, Illinois, I am Brad Kirschenbaum, and joined as always by my Omahomies, Tyler Hammock, and Producey Ali, the Sandro Man Godfrey. Special guest appearances tonight from the brothers writing her, JD, Jeff Bro, and Jamo Son. And on today's yeah, episode, yeah, yeah. we're going to visit the correction corner from last week's episode. Tyler or Brad will let us know what we missed. We're going to catch up on the week. We've got Unhinged in Dallas, Texas. We'll dive into the East preview and uh, wrap it up with the little ACC and Notre Dame. Ooh, Notre Dame, let's go. Touchdown, Jesus. Brad, Tyler, welcome back, boys, and our special Oh, man, great guest. to be here. Super, super awesome to be here, especially with such just such great faces looking right at me. Nothing nothing <laughs> better than starting my week off with, with this group of outstanding gentlemen. All right, so from our three triplets of the Bloodlines podcast, why don't we get introduced to the uh, writing our triplets here? Boys, just take a quick second, introduce yourself, and uh, give us a little fun fact about the Cowboys' past, why you guys deep die diehard Cowboys fans. I'll kick it off. I'm JD. And all I have to say about that is Tony Romo. Go! can't wait to dive into that conspiracy theory. Brad, JD and I spent, I would say, a good hour and a half at a bar. So Anna and I took a trip down to Dallas to visit him and Nell, do the whole thing. End of the night, after a few cervezas, the conversation casually shifts from the four of us all being nice and commingling to just JD and I looking at our phones, talking about football conspiracy theories. I don't, know right. have, I don't know if we'll have time today, but when JD's in town next, we're going to dive into, did Tony Romo get a first down when he fumbled that field goal? So remember when he fumbled the field goal in the playoffs? I, I, I do. I, I already... I'm calculating the amount of drugs and alcohol I'll need to tolerate this conversation. <laughs> it, it it was a fun conversation. We we okay. decided that maybe the conspiracy is not true, but nonetheless, Tony Romo, the man. All righty. Jeff Jameson, introduce yourselves. Yeah, I can go next. My name's Jameson. I'm writing your brother. Um, big fan of the Cowboys because they're America's team. Best team in the NFL. Also a huge Romo fan. Uh, so it's a little bit of both of those. Jeffrey. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge Cowboy Super Bowl 56. You know, I couldn't hear that very well, but the idea of his intro being Cowboy Super Bowl 56 is that's good enough for me. <laughs> that works. And I, I mean, is there anybody other than Romo? I mean, did people from Dallas are like, yeah, Jason Witten, he just exemplifies Dallas. Like, was there anyone else who was like the Dallas guy that either went to UT or went somewhere in state and like everyone got behind. Cause it does just seem like your generation. It's just all Romo. That was the fandom. That's how everyone fell in love with them. It was Jason Witten too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Right, That's great. Cool. Oh, was big when we were younger. Roy Williams. T.O. was fun when he was with the Cowboys. Oh, hell yeah. Drinking the pot or eating the popcorn, throwing it down on the star. A lot of good tough there. Um, 
All right, well, real quick, before we get sliding into this week's episode with the Writinger Brothers, we do have a couple of corrections to get uh, corrected from last week's episode, mainly just my own. I feel like this is just my own little personal segment when I listen back real quick, and I'm like, ooh, yeah, that was wrong. Ooh, ooh, yeah, Tyler, that was wrong. Um, so I went on a, a little passionate rant last week. Ollie so lovingly cut it and made it the intro to last week's episode with maybe one too many F-bombs. I apologize for my passion getting carried away there. Um, but I do have to get out in front of this. And it was not the Louisville versus Kentucky game that Lamar Jackson choked at the end of the year. I went on that whole rant about he threw four interceptions and fumbled, blah, 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 blah. It was not the Kentucky game. He won that game to get to a miraculous eight and four record, which, you know, is very Heisman Trophy worthy. Um, but no, he choked in the bowl game. And he went, he had, he went 13 for 31 for 171 passing yards and four interceptions in that bowl game against Mississippi State. So just proving my point that he was a choke artist, but I was wrong about the Kentucky. And then I don't really, I don't have anything to defend myself here. I said CJ Uzama retired, definitely did not retire. He's just on the Jets with Zach Wilson now. So yeah, I, I, I the, the Uzama thing, I heard you say that and I was like, I don't think that's right, but I forgot to check it by the end of the episode. Um, but yeah. I don't. I. I got to be honest. I. This should not have consumed nearly as much of your time as it as it did in terms of like bothering you about this. Oh, it didn't bother me. I just like to be a man. I know this is something that we're trying to teach you guys, Brad. But I just like to be a man of my word and own up when I make mistakes. This is. I'm accountable to you. I'm accountable to Ollie. It's about putting a good show forward, and I can't be spitting bad facts if you're not going to correct me at the end. Yeah, that's that's, that's totally fair. Uh, the, the world needs more Louisville versus Mississippi State facts. Just trying to put my right foot forward, something that Deshaun Watson did not do, allegedly 67 times over the last 17 months. So, of course, we're going to start this little A block here with some Deshaun Watson talk. Um, got a nice little six-game sussy. A uh, lot of big things we can dive into with this. I don't know how much we want to spend on it. I thought the biggest takeaway was now because of his new contract, he's only getting fined $350,000 because the new contract is completely structured with backloaded money and a signing bonus. So his base pay is virtually nothing this year. And if he had this exact same contract last year when he when he was on the Texans, this fine would be $11.5 million because of what his contract was in Houston. So not only- They designed the contract knowing that he was going to get suspended. Not, like, not exactly. That was nice of them to plan for a fine. Yeah, nice way to build a long-term relationship there. I mean, uh, it just makes the Browns feel even grosser than they already do. It's like, yeah, we know you're going to get suspended. We want to make sure you get your money. There's those mean people who are saying that you can't touch women and you know just make them grab your dick whenever you want. That's that's not okay. They should not be saying those sorts of things to you. Here's you get all your money on the back end. It'll be fine. I mean, it's a fucking joke. So you're it's, telling me that, that rich, wealthy guys that know how to get around lawsuits helped another rich, wealthy guy get around a lawsuit? Yeah. No effing way. But it was a little interesting. I do want to – this is another fact. I did want to get out and not mess up this time. So this is interesting that it's the first situation involving domestic abuse or some type of situation that goes to arbitration in the NFL in this post – new CBA contract that the NFL players signed. So now between the NFLPA and the NFL, they have a list of agreed upon arbitrators that are going to oversee these situations. So this Judge Sue, whoever she was, she was an agreed upon arbitrator from both sides, and she agrees on this six-game suspension. Now, this is her decision. But this isn't like the final word here. The NFL can still go back 
add on games if they feel like it. So like all this pressure here that they're getting from the media today, all of us saw it. A large majority of the country is not happy with just six games. So now it's going to be interesting to see what if the NFL just tacks on another six, seven games. They wanted this to be a one year long suspension anyway. It was well, they wanted to. Their PR department put out that they think this should be a year-long suspension. They're dealing with all kinds of PR issues from the Calvin Ridley side. Do you know do you know who decides this? Do you know who the judge and jury is for the appeal? Uh, us? No, it's Roger Goodell. Yeah, exactly. Nobody he, 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 he makes this decision. And I mean, of all his job is to be a terrible human being and just absorb all the bullshit from that. So whether it's six games, whether it's 12 games, I mean, you know, everybody's put out the stuff about how Calvin Ridley got a year for gambling, which like, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, you probably shouldn't gamble on a sport that you're playing. Like I actually, as dumb as that feels like I can kind of get on board with that, but this just like, and and now people are saying, oh, well, Roethlisberger, you know, he only got this. It's a different time than it was when Roethlisberger was whipping his dick out in the bathroom. And, like this is, this is a different worse, world. Though. But shouldn't what? that because it's a different time and because it should be worse. That's what I'm saying. Like they're using it as some sort of defense because Roethlisberger only got this. Well, this is And just to clarify, this is six games. What Ben Roethlisberger got all those years ago was six games yeah. from one allegation from, and not, I don't want to get into the allegation. Let's not, let's not, let's not get too deep into it. You know, one, from one situation on one night, he got suspended six games. Deshaun Watson has alleged 60, 67. Oh, there's a Freudian slip. <laughs> 67. Five are the five are the ones that actually made it into this case. But I mean, even if it's just five, even if it's just one, one's too many. One exactly. One is too many. Guys, male listeners out there, just just stop sexually assaulting women. That's my advice to you. Just don't do it. It's a bad idea. It's illegal. Not yes, not a great not a great look. Yeah, this is a very big anti-sexual assault podcast. We don't like that. We, would, we, don't, we definitely don't like Deshaun Watson. Um, I don't know. Writing your brothers, you get anything you guys are hearing from the other parts of the world? Or what was your opinion on all of this craziness? You know, I'm, I'm trying to remember back. Didn't a similar situation happen with Brett Favre? Uh, uh, he, texted, he texted a dick pic to a reporter, but yes. Did he get a suspension for that one? I think he was like mid-retirement and then like he came back. But that's a oh, great question. Yeah. yeah, that'll be a good thing for Brad to circle back with at the end. I don't know that all of those details. Uh, it was I definitely a big pick, but. Huh. I mean, it's all just so there, there's no rhyme or reason, it seems like, to these suspensions. I mean, what Ray Rice did was awful. And I guess since there was video, they cracked down on it more. But well, I mean, okay. you Hold can't on. let the other stuff slip just because. Uh, uh, Favre, Favre got 50K, fine, no suspension. This is a nice little transition as we kind of, this is the NFC's podcast here. Your guy's boy, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, if there was anybody who had a really bad image that offseason, I think, wasn't that from the boat? I think it was, might have been abroad. Um, but he only got two games. So he got a two-game suspension for getting caught on camera, just like Ray Rice did. Is there, as Cowboys fans, I know we keep we're trying to dive into this fandom because I, 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 J.D. is – always kind enough to tell me to never bet on the Cowboys because their fans are always so delusional. They overinflate the, uh, the odds. So as Cowboys fans, did you get over Zeke in that situation quite quick? Is it a, is it something that just lingers? It's just a weird dynamic between a fan and a, and a player. I, 
for me, it lingers and it's hard to ever separate it. Uh, you always have just that nasty feeling in your gut every time you see him or, you know, it's hard to root for somebody like that. It's hard. You don't want to root against your team. Uh, don't get me wrong. We're fans. I mean, we're, the fan yeah. is a fanatic. You know, we, we always compartmentalize. Like, even if, if they're on our team, we justify it, unfortunately, in a lot of ways. Um, I was I just kind of curious if. Yeah. I think, too, you know, and one time's more than enough, obviously, but Zeke has several different times done something absolutely ridiculous, like a time he punched a DJ at a club called Cullis. So it's not, you know, it doesn't seem like he's got. Uh, good character. Uh, so it is. It's hard to get behind. Like JD said, you still want to root for your team. But I think particularly in Zeke's case, uh, he seems like he can be a little bit of a loose cannon. I just, I'm just trying to like put myself in the mind of a Browns fan. Like you go you go dec- a decade or so without even having a team in your city. And you're from like the, the, the Hall of Fame is in a suburb of your town. I mean, it's Canton is literally in a suburb of Cleveland. They didn't even have football for how long. They finally get their savior. And yes, Baker's, Baker Mayfield was not a savior in the sense that they got him a Super Bowl, but he was a savior in the sense that he took them out of the dumpster fire and the, the jersey with another quarterback name being listed. All those jokes kind of stopped because of him. And now here they are kicking him to the curb and they bring in this character issue. I just think this has got to be a really insane dynamic for Browns fans. And you're excited, I guess, because you have the potential of that quarterback. But I agree, Jameson, that you want you want to root for your team. But man, that that just makes it really fucking hard. How many Wat- how many Watson jerseys do you think they sell this year? Tons. Because bet- there's, there's a ton of Cleveland fans out there right now being like, he can fuck my wife as long as he brings me a Super Bowl. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, you're probably not wrong. Shout out Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably exactly what it is. Uh, well, as we transition into our personal lives, does any has any has anybody ever been sussied or suspended before themselves? Any good stories? Any suspensions either from school? Jameson, you got a really shit eating grin on your face. I want to hear your story first. Yeah, he's near Jameson, not a long time. Let's go, Jameson. I was uh, a little bit of a my elementary days, and there was a year I think it was fourth grade. I must have been in ISS in school suspension for all but two days an absolute menace they just had you in basically solitary confinement for the whole year pretty much yeah it was absolutely ridiculous so it feels like a slippery slope though like once you get the first in school suspension they're like we got to just keep this kid under wraps we we can't have this absolutely and then you get accustomed to it so you know that (laughs) make friends with the guards in classroom yeah oh no you just ended up feeling like my story (laughs) <laughs> Jameson's not comfortable in gen pop. <laughs> uh, any, anybody else I, suspended after fourth grade? Uh, I was actually suspended for my last day of high school uh, because I purchased a fake prom ticket and uh, to, you know, in the Jesuits form of reparations, uh, I went along with 10 of my uh, close friends who also bought Frank prom tickets. Um, and we built a house for Habitat for Humanity. It was a blast. It was really good, really a good time. So did you buy a fake ticket to prom or did you just buy a fake date online and you got arrested? I, I, I'm just trying to clarify. Well, I didn't get suspended for the fake date. I got suspended for the, the fake ticket. Yeah, yeah. So, I, what, I, you're, so I, what you're saying is you got out of school one day earlier than everybody else. I, I'd like to think I finished high school just a little bit sooner than uh, the rest of these folks. Ooh, if so we ever do a... Sizzle. 
if we ever do a best days of our life, a sneaky third, fourth rounder will be that last day of high school. That, that's, a, that's a great day of your life. How about Mr. Sandro, Mr. Sportsman over there? Any any suspensions from the from hitting the gridiron in high school or hitting the Catan board after work? Uh, no, just suspensions for too many demerits. Stupid things. <laughs> Having facial hair in high school, wearing my earrings. Yeah. It was never an issue of hair was too long, though. You couldn't have hair below your ears, but as you guys can tell, my hair grows uh, up into a big fro. So, yeah, by by that. the end of senior year for me, I had pretty long hair, but it curled, so it would just yeah. like it would just sit right above the collar, and it was no big deal. See, I had something similar to that, except I just had like the Bieber cut, where it was, you know it was down and then it went over. You had your nice little swoop. Pretty much, I just watched two a days in Hoover, Alabama, and I wanted to be exactly like that Alex kid who was the DN or like the hot cheerleader who loved him. Um, yeah, two a days, all time MTV show. Great uh, show. Never once did I think I need to look like these guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad I came to my senses, but eighth grade yeah. Tyler really. Yeah, really looked forward to that. Um, all right, so we're past the sussies. We got to. I'm suspending you from saying sussy. By the way, we can we no, you can have that full extra extra syllable. All right, fine, Ollie. I give you permission to cut out like the third time I said sussy. It's more of a hockey term and cut out. No, I'm not cutting that out. No, no, no. You're gonna embarrass yourself on air. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of embarrassing themselves on air, Andrew Luck is doing a show on the Athletic. Uh, they're doing a full docu series uh, podcast, six six parts, um, going through like the Andrew Luck, uh, his whole career, and like what led to him retiring early. It's fucking fascinating. It's really really well done. Uh, each episode is between forty five minutes and an hour. Uh, strongly recommend uh, both from just like how crazy smart Andrew Luck is, but also um, understanding how horribly run the Colts franchise was for so many years that they managed to succeed in spite of themselves. Um, so it's, it's really good. I have one episode left and uh, that's why I wanted to bring it in because I was listening to, I was listening to episode three today and I was like, I just, I'm just going to power through. This is going to be what I listen to for my work day when I'm not on calls. So it's a good listen. Uh, it's on. So it's a podcast. Uh, yeah, it's a podcast. It's on their promoting uh, another NFL podcast on our podcast. That's great. Everyone, stop listening right now and go listen to another podcast. Yeah, you should do that. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. We're big, big time. Uh, we're pros in the advertising world here on Bloodlines Radio. Yeah, uh, I, I that that does sound interesting actually, and I and I will give that a listen. I mean, Jim Irsay was an absolute cokehead for virtually his whole life, and finally, quote unquote, got clean here a few years ago, and is shifting it around but i mean that i don't know if that's what you're referencing i just know the colts yeah yeah Rigton was a moron uh that that whole problem for them yeah uh that was why i mean part of the reason because i you know hand up i was a i was a colts fan for a long time uh just loved peyton manning and i couldn't deal with it anymore i mean it was ursay and it was everything else like this none of this even makes sense like this is just this is all nonsense you're going to get his generational talent killed and then he retired and then it's like okay well i guess i was partially right yeah but yeah i will look into that well from one generational talent in football to a generational talent in baseball truthfully kind of a record i didn't know if would ever be touched again um especially post steroid era here we are judge already homered in the first inning of the game tonight he hit number 43 oh no shit Yep, and that is just two behind where Barry Bonds was at the end of July when he set the record. That's mind-blowing. 
I mean, if, if there's some, I mean, number 400, was that Ted Williams who has the 408, who has the all-time hitting average? I don't think anyone will ever hit hitting over. Who's the last guy to hit 400? There's, there's been guys who were like 430, like Tris Speaker hit like 421 one year. Well, Miguel Cabrera, when he run the triple crown for baseball, when it's just when you have the most home runs, RBIs, and average, when you have the highest average in the league, um, I, God, he was really freaking close to 400, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was, he was way up there, but, um, I mean, it's really fun. Like this is the kind of thing, you know, judge is just a huge human being. So it feels more authentic than guys on steroids. Um, but this is, you know, this is I fun. Mean, Ponce wasn't Ponce wasn't like five, four. <laughs> I mean, I no, 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 no. I'm not saying, well, but my point is like judge has always been like, he's like six, seven. Yeah. Bonds was not six, seven. Like this just feels like a gargantuan of a man breaking a home run record. Not, you know, Bonds who was a, you know, who's a twig forever. And then all of a sudden he's a, you know, he's a bull. I just, I mean, we were talking about penis heads before this, before we hit live on this recording tonight. I wish, I just kind of wish that he didn't have a penis head, like, and, and play for the Yankees and play for the Yankees. It, it, to me, so much of my like initial reaction and opinion around a player is just kind of on how you look a little bit. Judge wearing those pinstripes, being this massive, massive guy. I'm just like, screw the Yankees, you know, screw him. It's just gotten to the point where you cannot deny that this is just one of the best baseball players in the game, and you got to turn it up, turn it on any night that they're on because he's going yard. It's getting to the point where it is almost as much fun as that Sosa chase, as that Sosa, Sosa, um, Sosa got a sussy, um, Sosa and Bonds chase, but. Uh, yeah, very. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I don't know. Do you think he's going to get it? I think it's going to be too much pressure being in New York. I think he'll. I think he'll get to sixty. I think he'll break the Yankees record, but I don't think he's going to get to seventy-three. Are there any players that any of you just hate because of how they look or what they look I'm, like? I, I got to be honest. I googled Aaron Judge penis head, and I regret it immediately because I'm like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> um. I don't know. Who's the, who's that golfer that Charlie Hoffman, he's got a really punchable face. Um, honestly, Aaron Rodgers for a lot of reasons, but the, he has that. Man bun. Like take, he's, he's a, he's a great player, of course, but he wears that. The, is that, am I the only one that feels like Aaron Rodgers helmet looks a little more alien esque than everyone else? It sticks up on his head. A little it does. Bit. Aaron, I Aaron Rodgers. I think it's because of his man bun. <laughs> it absolutely is. Did, uh, have you guys seen, um, I think it's My Martian, My Martian or Martian and Me. It was a movie from, God, like the early 2000s. My Favorite Martian? My Favorite Martian. That sounds right. Because that's what they called Marvin Harrison after that movie, right? My Favorite Marvin? My Ooh. Favorite Marvin. Yeah. JD, nice callback. I don't remember that. That was a thing. Well, anyway, he looks like the My Favorite Martian like character that comes down as a huge head. Anyway, everybody go look up my favorite Martian alien, and you will basically just see Aaron Rodgers. Um, all right, we have a shit ton to get to. We're not even going to spend time previewing the EPL, even though that Arsenal is going to finish in the top four, plus 175, and Leeds is going to finish in the top 10, plus 430. All right, Brad, we didn't have to talk soccer. But... Hey, uh, Omaha, he was born and raised. Ali browsing hinge for the rest of his days. Swiping on right to find the girl of his dreams. So many of them, not what they seem. From love languages to dogs or a Netflix binge. Yo, Holmes, welcome to Unhinged. 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 All right, so this is the part of the episode where I go through my Hinge account. And based on prompts only, no names, no pictures, you guys are going to tell me if uh, 
if it's a match for love or not. And today we've flown down to Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Yeehaw. JD, Jeffro, that is for you boys. Big, <laughs> big Cowboys guys over here. Uh, so let's dive right in. Five girls, first up. Any well, any questions? I want to pull a Papa Smurf over here. Any questions about how this segment works? <laughs> no? No? I guess, are we all looking right, for love right. here? Is that the, is that the goal? Are we looking for look, love? Look, yeah. We're looking for love, baby. Looking all for right. love. All right. All right. First up, I want someone who knows how to laugh, doesn't sweat the small stuff, is highly motivated, likes to be active, and can join me on my spontaneous adventures. I know the best spot in town for whatever your heart desires. I am open to new experiences, so I'm constantly exploring myself. I consider myself an expert in all things food and fun. And let's make sure we're on the same page about the fact that we don't need to be on the same page about everything. I want to hear more about this self-exploration she's on. <laughs> if I said anything my heart desires. <laughs> yeah. That sounds yeah yeah there's there's a lot of subtext here that i'm very interested in uh-huh i just i heard that she's an expert in everything food and fun i don't yeah. know if i want to date anyone who's, who's an expert at age you know 25 to 30 there's there's a lot more to learn and anyone who's oh i'm an expert in food and fun get the fuck out of here no that's just a line no you're not it's 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 just no thank you she's just exploring herself tyler geez let the girl feel it out <laughs> All right, we need to start, start great. full body videos before I'm getting a little uncomfortable by Brad over there. That 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 Aaron Rodgers uh, pickup line about the D and the name that would work on her. <laughs> yeah, so she seems to be middle of the road. All right, well, well, let's let's bring up the next. Let's bring up the who, next here. Who gave her a yes? Uh, hi. All right, yeah. I'll All give right. her a yes. I'll give her a hard no. At least. <laughs> right. okay, two, two hard no's, three yeses. All right, next next up. A life goal of mine. Enjoy life. Best travel oh story. Oh, God. Big goal. Best travel story. I saw the Great Wall of China. And the br- biggest risk I've ever taken. Surfing. <laughs> yeah. Her, her best travel story is her eyes were open while she was on vacation. That's the best part. That's the she best. She can't even station with her own props. What? So it's going to be pretty dull. I, this is the single most boring woman on planet Earth. I don't even believe she went and saw the Great Wall of China. I think she opened a book while she was on vacation. Was like, ah, Great Wall, cool. So vacation in the library. Yeah. 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 It's probably right. a vacation to the the local Great Wall of China Chinese restaurant, which is in every town. Like, yeah, I saw the Great Wall. It was awesome. I, I know everything about all the food in this city. If that were the case, then I I would consider giving her a yes. She <laughs> goes to the Chinese buffet. That's fun. a cheap date. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, third up. Let's move on from her. Third up. I know the best spot. Oh, come on. I know the best spot in town for sushi and great cocktails. And she drops the Instagram handle in the very first prompt. She just wants a follow. She's looking for a follow. <laughs> my, lo- my love language is quality time and physical touch. Also, take me to get tacos. Tell me I'm pretty and play with my hair. And the most spontaneous thing I've done, dropped everything and flew to Dubai for nine days. Wow. So this is a callback. 
flights to Dubai only take like eight, 16 hours. If it took her nine days to get there, that's a very big concern. <laughs> no, Brad, you hit the nail on the head before. I can't remember how long ago this was, but I'm going to guess this girl might be a little bit of a looker considering that the, she threw the handle in right away. And if you're, if you're just beach pod ready, ready to go to the yeah, Dubai's got some, yeah, they got pools there. If you're just hitting the vacation spot, immediately and you don't have to think about all right i need five weeks to go to the gym and get ready i gotta hit the sauna for a couple hours make sure i'm ready to go uh, personality not there i'm just guessing you might want to swipe right for other reasons yeah i mean i i mean i think that uh if she was going to dubai spontaneously for nine days i'm guessing some rich guy invited her to dubai and that means she's a smoke show so uh yeah I'm willing to bet she doesn't check her messages. I think you hit the nail on the head. She's looking for yeah. follows. Set that, you know, profile up, get her handle on there, and let the rest do the work for her. Yeah, what, yeah. You can send yeah. us the profile offline. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tag it underneath the episode. She's going to get it. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, we'll, we'll spam her uh, IG with Bloodlines content. All right. Fourth up. Fourth up, and we have a voice prompt. All I ask is that you buy me a small bag of Takis when I'm sad and just make me laugh. That's all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on in the background there? I don't know what's going on in the background, but talk, Takis and laughter. Takis and laughter. What's a Takis? It's those chips everyone it's like, a little, it's like a chip. Like a, It's a chip that's rolled up in a spiral. It's like a okay. spicy. Yeah. How do I? A, a TA what? K-A-K-I, right? Takis. Yeah. Right? Takis. Like the OG hot Cheeto. Though, like, this, is, this, this thing's very hot in the street. This is our clickbait segment without getting to a clickbait segment. I don't know if maybe TikTok made these viral, but I feel like I never heard of these chips two years ago, and I hear about them every other day. Now. I have never heard of these. And they make, like, blue Takis. Like, straight blue. They're wild. I oh, know. I know that nobody likes my health takes on here, but these are wildly unhealthy. <laughs> like, aggressively bad for you. All right. Well, yeah. Oh, open Absolutely, up the they're air. blue. How many calories are <laughs> each serving? Let's let's do the world a favor here. Uh, uh, Taki, let's see, a Taki Nitro, which is uh, habanero and lime. Um, so you get 12 pieces, and by the looks of it, 12 pieces is not nearly enough. Um you're looking at a buck fifty on calories, um, ten servings per container. This isn't even a very big bag. This is crazy. Like this has got to be like a thousand. Yeah, this, these are. Do everybody do yourself a favor. Don't take this girl out because if, if her key to love is Takis, <laughs> she ain't gonna be fitting through the Taki Bell door here soon. <laughs> I like this girl. You know, <laughs> I can eat what I want. She can eat what she wants. Judgment free zone. Yeah, let's be comfortable. <laughs> let's be comfortable. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, right. like, do we need the rest of the profile, or are we good with no, just... We definitely need no, the rest okay, the Okay, re- the rest of it. Two truths and a lie. I've been to Disney World twice. I currently have 10 tattoos, and I'm the oldest of all my siblings. And last prompt is I geek out on true crime podcasts, Marvel News. Uh, uh, Marvel News is like... Is is that like I'm CNN or is that like Newsmax? No, I'm, I'm guessing it's just like, I mean, Marvel's as big as. Star oh, like, like Marvel stuff coming out. Marvel. Yeah, I'm like, when's the next like, movie? Oh, this wow. is going to be the new Spider Man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Marvel okay. Okay. That threw, that threw me off for a second. Yeah. Does she like Marvel or just the news? <laughs> great question. The movies, but loves the news. That's a great question. That's a great question. All right. Let's, let's wrap, that, please. I'm swiping. Let's left. Going left. Yeah, I'm out on yeah, this one. She sucks. I'm out. All I'm right. still all in. <laughs> you're all in i love it i love that you're all in all right let's wrap it up here fifth and final let's see if we can really find love here in dallas i'm looking for nothing serious a husband and a couple of kids you'll, know if, serious? You'll, you'll know if i like you if i pause my netflix show for you and i'm convinced that football is life run for the hills is football. it spelled football? Football, like football, Like yeah, I think I think we should bring, I think we should bring her on to talk EPL. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Bring, her <laughs> bring her on for a few reasons. I think this girl sounds. I feel like I'm I'm going against the grain today. I don't know if my opinions are just way different. <laughs> this girl seems great. I think I think the opening line is a total joke. She's being sarcastic. Yeah, pretty funny. Like, I'm not looking for anything serious. I'm just looking for a husband and a couple kids. Like that's that's funny. If that's a joke, that's funny. If it's not a joke, it's weird as hell. I think it's a joke. Nothing serious, period. A a husband and a couple kids. Oh, the period matters. Okay. I like that. Wait, that's better. Does she have? Okay. Does she what? A husband and a couple kids? Does she have? No, that's what she wants. Oh, I think that's good clarification. Is she saying, I don't want anything serious because I've got a husband and a couple kids? That's true. Yeah. There's punctuation matters, guys. That's true. By the looks of it, no. I gotta say, of all the ones we went through today, <laughs> oh, this is this is the one. Who's this is the one. Yeah, she's got a nice set of personalities. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Personalities. There we go. We we found some love for you down in Dallas. Um, that seems like a. Uh, I don't know. We we we've had worse. We've had better. I, I think that at least we didn't have a single reference to coffee. That's what I'm happy about. We went to five girls. Oh, yeah, no coffee. None of them were drinking coffee in the morning. That's only in Oregon. Um, Dallas, they're they're eating Takis. All right. Uh, Mr. Sandro, as we transition into this big, big time NFC East uh, preview episode, because they always do it bigger in Dallas or in Texas, whatever, whatever the saying is. Uh, what's our NFC East trivia for the uh, for this episode? What do you have? Uh- All right. Well, we're going to start it off with a fun fact. So the NFC East is currently the only division in which all four current teams have won at least one Super Bowl. You love. I thought that was pretty interesting. So I went and looked into that. And here's your little trivia. And here's your little trivia. So I want you guys to list the NFL East teams in order by the number of Super Bowl wins, starting with the highest. And I'll tell you collectively, they have 13 wins. Brad, let's uh, let's take a step aside and see if the Ridinger brothers can figure this one out. Yeah, they're the. Uh, they're they the know that a little better. I'm gonna do my own in my head and see if I can get this, it right. Yeah, let's see what they got. Clarifying question: You said this is the amount of Super Bowl wins. Yeah, wins, not appearances, just wins. Oh, I can Eagles step right have up one, so they're I gonna be the bottom of this. Giants, or uh, Commanders. Now, what's the Washington football team called? Commanders. 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 So, give, give me the give me the order you guys said. 
Cowboys the most. I'm not sure about those two middle ones, Jeff. Is it? Are you saying Giants, Giants and then Commanders, people? or vice versa? Like Giants, oh. then the Eagles. I think I'm on to Ollie here. Commanders. Sorry, are you guys hearing Jeff? Okay, I'm not hearing anything. Yeah, I'm getting him. A little breakup, but I think it's. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's Cowboys, right? Giants, Eagles, Commanders. Okay, I, I think the Eagles are the last. But Ali, before you answer, you I be right. I want to posit mine. Sure. Yeah, I want to answer, Brad. Tyler, you guys take a stab too. I think it's Giants. Um, or no, it's not. Excuse me, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders, and then the Eagles. But I think that the Commanders and the Giants are tied. So, was the Eagles first one? Just the Philly special? I think that's just one, right? That was their first title, so that's the only one. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. they're last if everyone's got one. Cowboys got their three in the 90s. Giants got two in the 2000s. And then, yeah, I'm going to go Giants, Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles. All right. So atop the list, we have the Cowboys at five Super Bowl wins, followed by the Giants with four, Commanders at three. Four. And the Eagles with one. Also, shout out Philadelphia Eagles for actually playing in Philly. Commanders in Maryland, New York and New Jersey, and Dallas and Arlington. So, shout out Philly. Oh, we're coming with the salt already. I like it. (laughs) The the geographical salt for the NFC's preview. Yeah. (laughs) All righty. Well, it is time to do that NFC East preview. Like the previous weeks, we are going to give you a little bit of a heads up on the new faces and new places, on what players have been added and subtracted from these four teams. And then added on with our special guests, we're going to each give you our win total for the season over under, whether that's a player prop or for the team's wins. And then our favorite storyline that we are following this year. So, and, and, Hey, Tyler, when you, when you go through your uh, the Cowboys here and you go who they lost – yeah, uh, Renninger boys, could you give me a? Could you give us like a one to five teardrop rating of how like sad you are for losing that player? <laughs> I right, love. Thank it. you, thank you, thank you. Papa thank Smurf, you. go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> great, great, great step in there, Sandro. Okay, well, Cowboys are the first up here on the new faces and new places. So real quick, they added Dante Fowler off of the edge and James Washington as a wide receiver piece. Obviously, as they lost Amari Cooper, they had to add somebody to the wide receiver piece. Um, and here we go. Here are the main pieces that they lost. And let's hear what the Ridinger rankings are for uh, the, the biggest hurt that they lost. So the tackle, Lyle Collins, wide receiver, Amari Cooper, another wide receiver, Cedric Wilson, who went down to Miami and teamed up with Tua, uh, Randy Gregory off of the edge, and Reggie Robinson, who I don't remember what position he was. All right, Ridingers, what is, uh, what's going to sting the most of all those losses? I'd say Randy Gregory. Gregory. Yeah. Really? Immediately yeah. for both of you was Gregory. Yeah, I mean I think but yeah, I, I like the edge rush. Why, like, why Gregory over all these other guys? Um is it just because of the positional need or uh is it was it truly that you guys think he was just he's just an out of this world talent? I think he's just <laughs> talented, yeah. Positional needs definitely there. I think he's a talented guy. Uh, not the most talented we've had or anything, but yeah, positional need and talent. Gonna miss him for sure. 
right. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, they took that, that Ole Miss kid in the second round to be their edge, edge for the guy. So it's when you're attacking it in the free agency with Dante Fowler, and then you're using your second round pick to go get another edge player. Um, I don't know. On a defense that has arguably one of the better linebacking cores in all of the NFL. I guess we're going to get to all of this here in a little bit. Let's just finish up new faces, new places. Sorry. Okay. So Giants now moving on to the New York Giants. They added to Rod Taylor, a couple of guards, Matt Gano, the tackle to really line up that uh, offensive line. And then intra-division, they got Seals Jones, who uh, replaced Evan Ingram, which is kind of a weird one there. Um, flipping over to the Eagles, really didn't add or lose that much. They added a Hassan, and they lost a Hassan. Hassan Reddick, the edge from uh, the Cardinals, for the, he started his career. We just did the preview, actually, a couple episodes where he came from. Um, I can't remember where he was last year, uh, but it was a short rental. I think the Panthers, maybe? Could have been the Panthers. We did do the South preview. Um, and then the the D-line, they had uh, Hassan Ridgeway is who they lost. So not too much there for Philadelphia. But then the Commanders, obviously adding Carson Wentz and the guard Chris Newell. Um, but more importantly, they resigned McKissick and Scary Terry, which was a very high priority for them. And they lost Brandon Sheriff, the guard. And as I mentioned, the tight end Seals Jones to the Giants. So now we transition over into the predictions. Fellas, who wants to kick us off with your over-under, either for the player prop or the win total for the NFC East? I'll kick us off. Uh, Season over-unders, I've got Giants over 7 at plus 112. Cowboys over 10, minus 135. And then Futures, I have uh, Dak over 31.5 touchdown passes, minus 110. Can't wait to get the Cowboys takes on that. All right, let's go around the circle. Jameson, what do you got? Yeah, for me, I think uh, over under win total on the uh, not the Redskins, the uh, Commanders. Uh, they were at seven five. Honestly, I'll give them over eight. I think Carson Wentz is in a place he's wanted. They've got a lot of weapons. Uh, I think they can surprise some people. Uh, Cowboys, I would also go over ten. Um, Philly. I don't know so much about Philly. Uh, two I feel passionate about, I'd say the the, the Cowboys. Commanders over eight, uh, Cowboys over ten. J.D.? I think I'm going under on the Commanders. Uh, I just don't really see it coming together this year. Uh, I, I do think over on, on New York, though, I think injuries really hurt them. Uh, I think they're going to pull it together, and uh, I – I forget what the number is, but I'm going to go over on. Uh, I'm really torn on this. I I don't think the Eagles run the ball enough with their running backs, but I want to. What's the Miles Sanders touchdowns? I think he may go over that. I know he didn't have any rushing touchdowns last year. I don't think. Yeah, he, he's like the the classic Achilles heel for anybody in fantasy because they always take him high and he has not produced in the red zone really in the last two years. Um, what you're you're... Saying, I, I, so I also like the Giants over. I think not having Joe Judge as their head coach is going to be useful. I think Dable's a good – I think he's going to prove himself to be a good coach. Uh, so I think the Giants actually surprise a little bit. I, You know, um, Daniel Jones, I think is going to – I think he's going to enjoy playing for Dable. Uh, I think that's going to unlock a few things there. So I like that. And then, uh, you know, I like my uh, exact division order predictions. Uh, so I took – 
Uh, you can't go chalk here, so you got to mix it up a little bit. So I took Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, Washington, division order of plus 1,000. Um, I, I am, I, I'm a little skeptical of the Cowboys, specifically because of their head coach. And uh, that, like, part of my storyline here, I hope I'm not stepping on you with talking about storylines here, Tyler, but uh, I think that um, I think everybody kind of thinks Sean Payton's going to be the head coach of the Cowboys next year. Like that seems to be a lot of conversation and I think it's going to be a real weird season if the Cowboys start like two and five and it just becomes a foregone conclusion that McCarthy's gone and Sean Payton is, uh, uh, is going to be stepping in. So that's like, that's uh, talent wise. They're right there. Obviously they're good, but I think that the Cowboys are going to have some cultural issues that might make it tricky. So Brad on that topic, let's just go through the Cowboys schedule here at the beginning. And I, I'm, before we get the, the actual Cowboys fans take here, I'm talking directly to Brad. I want to get a quick win-loss from you for the first, let's go four weeks. All right, okay. so week one, home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football. Loss. Home against the Super Bowl runner-up, Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh. You know, if they uh, if they if they kept Randy Gregor, I'd feel better about this. Um, but uh, I, think, I think that's a tough one. That's an L. It's a tough one. And then they go on the road to New York. To face the interdivision giants, um, yeah, I think uh, I. So let's go five weeks because I think they'll split these two. I think they'll go one and one against the Giants and Commanders to start the year. Okay. Uh, how about the Rams week five? I mean, At Rams. That feels like that's going to be a real tough game. Um, I, I have a hard time seeing out of the opening five weeks against home Tampa, home Cincinnati, at Giants, home Commanders, at LA Rams. They're playing both Super Bowl teams and last year's Super two years ago Super Bowl champion and Tom Brady. If they get out of that going three and two, I think that's a win. I mean, that's a huge. I, win. I'll go. I'll go one step further. I think uh, you could see them firing McCarthy when they lose if if they lose to the Eagles on October sixteenth, because then the interim gets to play the Lions and the Bears in back to back weeks leading up to it, which is as much of a gauntlet as you can imagine going yeah i'm sure they'll be real terrified of that yeah um <laughs> well you did skip even though i gave you a, a quick for the over under and you skipped over straight to the storylines i agree with you wholeheartedly that it is the writing is on the wall that sean payton is just going to sit in the background and wait for the check that is going to be coming his way in the next few years um it just feels to me heck i'll just stop right here jd jameson do you guys want him as your next head coach? What is, what's the feeling of the city here for is Sean Payton, the guy like we're just going to try to kick McCarthy to curb this year and get a, a surefire Super Bowl winner. Or what are you going to, what do you guys want? I can't speak for the city, but I think I've been a little unsure about uh big Mike since we brought him in, you know, I felt it could go either way. I love Sean Payton. I don't know that he's going to be the answer, but this point you know i'd be willing to bring him in see if he'd bring us another super bowl yeah i really like sean payton going back to his days as a uh back with the cowboys i was disappointed that we stuck with parcells back then and let him get away to the saints uh so there's something that feels off about you know getting to this too late down the road you know figuring out we made a mistake and come back around to it there's something yeah. that feels like it may not work out. Uh, but that, I, mean, I, like I guess the, 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 bigger, the bigger question would be if I, if I told you that Mike McCarthy never wins the Super Bowl with the Cowboys or that he does win a Super Bowl with the Cowboys, which one would surprise you more? That he does. That he does. Yeah. 
you don't you don't want you don't want that guy you don't want that guy as your head coach. So you you, you kick him to the curb. You find somebody who has at least proven they can win a Super Bowl. I guess yeah, did McCarthy win the Super Bowl or was the the guy before McCarthy did he win the Super Bowl? Yeah, the he's, he's NFC Super Bowl. championship and Super Bowl. Okay, yeah, I if he got one with Rodgers, but that was all Rodgers and that defense more than anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, he still gets it. I can't just take it away from him. He was the coach of the team. Nah, take it away. It's our show. Yeah, away, he doesn't care. <laughs> it's our show. So real quick, I just want to back up and get this out because it sounds like we are, and it, this is year after year, as it's commonly known as the division that never has a repeat winner. The five, four, five, six of us are all over the board. I think I've heard just about everybody winning this division. Almost everybody with overs, considering this is rated by CBS and ESPN as the worst division in football. Um, I'm going with overs as well, and I don't know why, but I just fell in love with this Eagles team during prep work here. This and, and probably not for the reasons you think, because JD, you made the comment. I can't remember if it was you or Jameson. Some one of the Ridinger brothers made the comment that there's not that many weapons really around him in Philly. That's fine. Cause look at the other side of the ball. The Eagles defense is very, very well primed for a good football season. They still have Fletcher Cox. They already drafted his replacement in Jordan Davis, that 300 plus pound mammoth from Georgia who almost single-handedly, well, not single-handedly, that whole defense was amazing, but an incredible piece to the interior D line. And then you're talking about arguably two of the best cornerbacks in the entire game of football. Bradbury, who just got uh, traded over from the Giants, did not get an ounce of the respect that he deserved being on that shitty of a football team. That guy is absolute sticky glue. And now you're pairing him up on the other side of Darius Slay. That is just a really dangerous cornerback duo. And when we're looking at a league that is racing, absolutely racing to solve that nickel cornerback position because the game of football has completely evolved and we need those those crazy linebackers that are the hybrids between the linebackers and the DBs, like the Devin Whites, who virtually won that Super Bowl for Tampa. These these guys are just absolute – Von Miller, eh, that's outside linebacker too. It's just – this Philly defense looks scary good to me. Am I the only one that thinks that? Cowboys fans who play them two two times a year, am I wrong? I think you make some good points. You might give a little bit too much credit to the secondary. Obviously, Slay is incredible. You know, Bradbury's got mm-hmm. game. I wouldn't say that he's one of the best in the league right now. Uh, but I also think that they wrote a story that's easy to fall in love with throughout the offseason. They brought on exciting new talent. They said, hey, this is going to be the year. Jalen Hurts is an exciting guy. But I think he's not quite to that breakout point. I think he's going to be a little more unreliable than he's getting credit for. Very fair. That is very fair because it's that's kind of how I feel almost about Justin Herbert. I know that's insane. Everyone's just chalking him up as guaranteed top five. I mean, the guy did. I don't want to say he choked, but he lost the last game of the year against the Raiders to go into the playoffs. And and there were multiple games last year that his gunslinging mentality got them into a little bit of trouble. Same with Jalen Hurts. And that that's a fair point, especially you also got to consider his body type because he does get outside the tackles and can take hits every now and then, which is dangerous. Um, I, 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 oh, that actually is it. I'm glad you brought that up because now I can make my point before the episode ends and I forget. They have the best backup in all of football. Gardner freaking Minshew. If there is a guy, it, that, sometimes that matters. Sometimes that's what it comes down to when you're in a tight division. A lot of quarterbacks miss time. If it's just a week or two, you're going to slide in Gardner Minshew into that. I feel just as confident with him sliding in there 
I think that matters in a division like this where it's really tight. Chalk it up. The Eagles win the division because Gardner Minshew breaks the Cowboys' hearts on uh, Christmas Eve down in Jerry World. And uh, there it is. Sorry, guys. I'm always wrong, though. So you're you're gonna you're gonna be so, just. <laughs> so are we gonna see an early Jalen Hurts injury, and then it's gonna come down to they're in the playoffs, and which quarterback do you go with? Jalen's just coming back, and Minshew's led him to if the there, season. If there's nothing the city of Philadelphia loves more, it is being divided over a quarterback controversy come playoff time. So I think that is a fantastic storyline. Is there any other storyline you're following in this division, or do you want to just keep talking about the Eagles? I mean, I think it's right. interesting. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It'd be interesting uh, to see how much of a focal point uh, Zeke continues to be for the Cowboys. I mean, Tony Pollard looks great. He's in the last year. He wants a big deal after this season. I uh, what he does this year. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, and also, you know, Brad, you – You've alluded to the Mike McCarthy issues, uh, penalties, discipline, preparation. Those are that's probably my biggest concern with this team. But we did lose a lot of talent, uh, a lot of it due to cap uh, issues with Zeke's contract. Yep. I think next year will be interesting because I think this is the one year that he's got, or his last year that he has guaranteed money. Uh, I think that's I think right. That's right. And so. Mm-hmm we could potentially move on from him uh, and bring in some talent. If we bring in a new coach, you know, if it's not this year, I, yeah, next year is going to be huge. I just think that Zeke contract, it almost felt like everyone felt like they had to do it, but it also felt like it was going to be a thorn in the Cowboys side, just for the fact that it's really hard to win a Super Bowl when you're paying a running back that much money. There's Especially, numbers out there that show you just don't win a Super Bowl when you have a, that uh, uh, running back that's that expensive. Yeah, I actually started work. This is embarrassing. Started working on a little bit of a, a spreadsheet dialing in exactly the cap percentage that each Super Bowl champion team used on their running back position. And I try. I, I'm not done with it. I kind of stopped halfway through. But for this reason, I found it fascinating. And I'll, I will say this off the top of my head before going to pull it up a large majority had less than 3% of their salary spent on the running back. Less than 3%. I mean, you think about those Tampa Bay teams, Leonard Fournette sliding right in, Rojo, Ronald Jones sliding in at the end. I mean, we can go through this list here. There's not big hitting running backs winning Super Bowls. I, I mean, think- is, is there is there a, can anyone think off the top of their head to bust? I mean, Patriots teams at Rex Burkhead, James White, let's go on and on. What I'm, what I'm getting from this is not anything about running backs. It's that you spent time figuring out the cap percentage of running backs on a spreadsheet. And I don't say this lightly, but I think you need to have a kid. I think you have too much time on your hands. Anna, stop listening to the podcast. It's a comfortable thing to say because it involves my sister, but I'm just telling you, like, yeah, you might, you might, you might need to consider that, that just feels, a human being with all that energy you have. Yeah, that feels really weird. That in a little over the hour mark of this Bloodlines episode, you feel like persuading me to starting a family instead of. No, 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 no. You, you did this to yourself. You, you admitted to a spreadsheet with percentages of running back depth. If you, if you are a sports fan and you have not made a spreadsheet of some kind to track your bets, to find some kind of algorithm, I wager that you don't deserve to wake up tomorrow morning. Make a spreadsheet. Try to find a theory. Horrible thing to say. Yeah, horrible thing to say. A little dramatic. Go ahead and sit uh, your there, buddy. 
Okay, so, so what you're looking into though, Tyler, I'd be interested yeah. to see how far back that goes. Because uh, well, I know mean, is it mid 90s? Is it the 80s? Well, it would have been probably mid 90s when running backs were crucial and JD, you're, probably you're highly giving, paid. You're giving me way too much credit. I went back like five, six years. Um, but as Brad said, I don't have a kid, so that's what I'm going to do when I get off this episode. I will get this done, and I'll actually I'm jealous. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm jealous. I'm going to go get a cup of coffee and do some uh, NFL spreadsheets on cap tables. This will be a fun night. Um, yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll save you a little bit of time. Um, the highest paid leading rusher on a Super Bowl champion since 2009. Um, nobody's going to get this right. Since 2009. Yeah. 2009, uh, the highest paid leading rusher on a Super Bowl winner. I don't know. That's really hard. Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin? Oh, wow. $2.5 million. What was, what was his contract? $2.5 million. And he was, but he was a wide receiver. <laughs> he was the leading rusher on the Seahawks in 2013. Well, I think that's. I think that's what you see more and more these days. You know, it's such a passion-oriented yeah. game versus 85 and the 90s, the mid-90s. Uh, you know, mm. You've got the J.D. McKissicks who catch balls, runners where they throw someone in to catch balls. And so even those big hard-time rushers are splitting playing time more and getting game scripted out. Yep, for sure. <laughs> Well, and we, I mean, we see it year in, year after, year in, and year out now with the draft, where we're seeing more and more wide receivers taken in the top ten, top fifteen, top thirty-two. I mean, we're seeing six, seven guys that wide. I think it might have been eight this year, actually, in the first round. It's that's very much showing you right there where the shift of these GMs is going and how yep. they're trying to build these rosters. Um, all right, well, that's pretty much all I had. Any other storylines anyone wants to dive into before we let you boys jump off? I may just point out that. I think the top two offensive lines are in this uh, conference or Ooh. sorry, in this division between the Cowboys and the Eagles, at least two of the, that's fun. Two of the top. I like that. How confused and, are people going to get, or how long is it going to take before we see memes uh, from the Cowboys where they have a T Smith and a T Smith, both anchoring the left side of their line as they, because they just drafted Tyler Smith out of Tulsa with their first round draft pick. Who I'm guessing will end up being the replacement at tackle. They're just starting in at guard, but maybe I'm wrong there. But um, yeah, very much agree. They still have Zach Martin. That line is, it's just still rock solid. I mean, yeah. I mean you Zeke and Tony Pollard, let them each touch the ball 12 to 15 times, and you're probably going to win a football game. Um, but they prove it year in and year out. That doesn't always work. So, all righty. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you jumping on. Hope it was a little bit of fun. And thanks for helping us find some love for Ollie out there in Dallas. Yeah, I appreciate you guys jumping on. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having boys. us. Thanks for having us. That was great. That was great having them on, uh, getting some expertise uh, around the Cowboys that like, I almost you almost have to tune them out a lot of the time because there's there's so much information. But that you know, it's always good to get the fans in there and, and talking about it. Yeah, I always love talking with JD about the Cowboys come football season because he flips. From, I could tell he was a little more positive tonight about them than I was almost anticipating because he just gets so cynical like halfway through the year and it's just like me and my bears. So shout yeah. out to him and my, my spirit animal there. But all right, Brad, I, I see you yawning. Do you have an ACC preview in you? Of course I do. All right, let's ride it. I, I, I spent the entire evening cleaning up poop and so that's what previewing the ACC is going to feel like. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny, as I was going through and I was looking at 
just like I was thinking through the previews and, you know, looking at each week and I'm like, oh, cool. Big 12. I was like talking about big 12 teams and, uh, you know, Pac-12, a lot of news going on here. ACC. Jesus. I don't I don't know. Maybe Clemson. Maybe. Who knows? I uh, yeah, there just feels like a big turdy pile that gets hurricaned on all the time. So that's that's how I feel about the ACC. So let's get into it. Let's go ACC. ACC. All right. So and, and you can't leave out Ollie's team. Well, reviewing touchdown, touchdown Jesus. Touchdown Jesus. You guys can't see Ollie, touchdown but they're making a prayer like touchdown sign, which also oddly looks like a safety. <laughs> Yeah. That, that that's how some Korean person explains the game of football. Like, yeah, they just like pray with the hands over their head. That's football. Yeah, that's <laughs> just they pray like seven to ten times a game. It's great. Wait, uh, really <laughs> um, all right. So let's look at uh, the predictions for the ACC here before we get our uh, our, our thought process. Um, so the win total, or excuse me, I'll go in order of conference odds uh, to win the conference, and I'll try to run through it quick. Clemson favorite minus one fifty five. Uh, then you have Miami plus 600. You have NC State plus 800. And then you have Pitt plus 1,200. After that, you get into Wake Forest, Florida State, Louisville that are all between like 20 and 50 to 1. North Carolina is 25 to 1. Uh, Virginia is 29 to 1, which that feels weird. But, I mean, they're not going to win it. But at the same time, uh, I feel like they would have been a little further off. Duke, if you want to make a little bit of money, you throw 100 bucks on Duke, you'd be a millionaire at the end of the season. They are 100,000 to 1. Let's go. Let's go. So I, I do like playing this game now with myself where I don't look up the odds for the college one. I just wait for you to read them off and I get a gut reaction here. How on God's green earth is Clemson just the chalk up walk away champion after the season they had last year? DJ Uwe Galele, yeah, five star recruit. From that the was season. really close. That was really DJ. Is it Ungalalele? I think there's like an Ung in there. It's Uwe Galele. Something. Uwe I remember because he was the he was the backup quarterback on the QB one show for some guy who ended up uh, going to Iowa that, yeah. State, um, okay. and yeah, so he went to that St. John Bosco school school out in California. But I mean, yeah, he's got the body and everything, but I thought he looked like tr- absolute trash last year. Yeah, he's I was. Gonna he's going to get better. He's got a lot of talent, but that just seems absolutely diabolical to me to have Clemson at what was it minus one forty, minus one fifty, one fifty five. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I actually, there was a longer odd shot that you said in there, Brad, that I'm kind of falling in love with a bit. And that's the NC State Wolfpack. Yeah. It, they got a really fun team coming back. They lost that huge tackle who went in the first round, who was a very huge piece to their running game. But they got the quarterback back, the running back back, 17 of the 22 starters. Um, that's That just seems like a team that, like, the nation's going to get behind. It's, they, they, I really like their coaching there. It's always really solid. They're a disciplined team. Yeah. I think this is the year that the ACC, you know, as much as I just took a dump on them from an entertainment standpoint, I think that there's going to be like five teams uh, bidding for five or for two spots in the championship game. I think it's going to be really tight, super competitive on both sides. Uh, I, I don't know that Clemson is the animal they were. Uh, which kind of ties into uh, one of the storylines for this conference that I'm most interested in is what does the loss of Brent Venables actually mean for Clemson? Uh, for for Venables was the defensive coordinator at Clemson, got hired at Oklahoma as the head coach. He's put together some unbelievable defenses over the last six years for Clemson. They were number 10 in 2016, number two in 2017, number one in 2018, number three in 2019, 
They dropped off in 2020, but I'm pretty sure they had a bunch of holdouts and injuries, so not super surprising. And then they were another, the number two defense in the country last year. So that defense has done a lot of lifting uh, for, and don't get me wrong, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, transcendent talent, but he's been doing a lot of lifting over there. So replacing somebody like him, who's always put good defenses on the field wherever he went, whether it was K-State, whether it was Oklahoma, um, and now at Clemson, I, I think that's going to be a tough pill to swallow for them. So I'm a little pessimistic about him, which, which is fun because I think it opens up the entire conference. So I felt that way too until half a second ago because I Googled 20 Clemson returning defensive players and they're returning their entire defensive line, <laughs> including that Brian Brees, Brees guy, Breezy, who was an animal in the in CFP. I'm still with you. I still think they're going to have some troubles losing Venables. There's just no way that you have that kind of a rock to a foundation um, and program and not feel, not feel the repercussions of it a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, very much agree with you there. The fact that he had them in the top three of defense four out of the last five years yeah. is remarkable. That that's consistency out almost all. It really helps playing in the ACC, but man, that helps. Yeah, I mean, Soccer. there's going to be probably salty in uh, in the national championship games too. So it's not like they took any time off there. No, for sure, Mr. Sandro. Before we get diving in too deep here. What are your takes on uh, on how the season's going to unfold for Touchdown Jesus in the ACC? Uh, well, I mean, Touchdown Jesus and his squad there at Notre Dame is going to just reign over everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. But ACC proper, I think Clemson does regain their title again. Kenny Pickett's no longer in Steel City, so I don't see any backs to back back to backs for them. Uh, my sleeper, uh, I think uh, Miami. Cristobal is is he's meant to be their prodigal son. He played there, right? He's from the Miami area, but it feels all too familiar as a Nebraska fan and Scott Frost. So hopefully uh, that same story doesn't play out for them, but who knows? Yeah. Maybe it does. Miami and Nebraska feel like kindred spirits in a lot of the, uh, oh, you guys just talk about the 90s. Now they're bringing back their old head coach. Uh-huh. Um, the, the best case scenario from a marketing standpoint is Frost figures it out. Cristobal gets it going and Miami and Nebraska play in some meaningful bowl game with their, their two prodigal sons. Now that would be fun. That would be unbelievable. That's my storyline. That's my storyline. There it is. There it is. Let's go. In the, in the tax slayer bowl down in like Orlando, you know, just the, the the big rematch, the rubber match, everyone from Nebraska and Miami. Ah, yes. That's, that's, that's how we're going to decide this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, the storyline that is, I'll stay with Miami here. Ali, um, I very much, I, that's not who I pick. My sleeper, I can't remember. I went with, uh, oh, I did. I agree with you. I like Miami as my sleeper. Um, I, th- I thought the storyline, though, is going to be more interesting, at least for me. It's just surrounding this NIL world. And I, I feel like I'm just, I've said this maybe a little too often. So just stop me if I have, or just don't say anything and listen to me. Um, I just think these rich people are really going to, they're going to stop writing the big checks really quite quick. Um, and I think of this Jaden Rashada, the, the four-star quarterback from Pittsburgh who got that nine and a half million dollars from John Ruiz, who's the huge Miami booster. So this Jaden Rashada, and I'm not trying to knock the kid. I know nothing about him. I'm sure he's a great kid, but he's another one of those high school kids that went to three different high schools in four years. He went in Cali, then he went out to Florida and played at IMG for a year, and then he finished up in Pittsburgh for a year. 
I don't know his family dynamic. I don't know what's going on in his life. I don't know any of that. That just seems a little odd to me. There's been multiple players in the past. Some have come to Nebraska, and they just don't pan out. The ones that are looking to hop from school to school to school. It just worries me a little bit. And so when I think of John Ruiz, who spent $9.5 million on this kid, who I don't know how they're going to start him over Tyler Van Dyke who has ended up being the full-time starter by the end of the year, who's really splitting time at the beginning of the year. He finished the season in the last six games going 5-1. and one. They beat Virginia Tech. He threw for 357 yards and three touchdowns. They beat number 17 Pittsburgh. He threw for 426 yards and three touchdowns. And they beat number 18 NC State. He threw for 325 yards and four touchdowns. So that's just where I'm going to be interested. It, say you write this big check for a five-star recruit who's going to be coming to your school in a year. What if, meanwhile, you have a quarterback who, Tyler Van Dyke, this guy's going to be a junior. He still has another two years left. And he just thrived in that system. I don't know. That's going to be interesting to me. To, I, to I think we're going to see a market correction. Nobody knows what these guys are worth. And we're going to see some overpays and some underpays. But I think that there's also going to be just some some interest in getting these guys to the school and seeing what happens and seeing if they can drive a recruiting class. There might be guys who say, like, I'm coming and they act as an anchor like Arch Manning is down in Texas right now. But uh, I agree with you that there's going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot like pro sports in the sense that the really, really good guys are going to get a lot of money and the middle of the road guys that NIL was kind of supposed to help. um, They're, you know, they're just going to get, they're going to get the peanuts here. Um, But but that's a very good point, Brad. And NIL was really created to benefit the entire team. It wasn't created just to benefit the rich, the, the, the premier talents of the world, but at least at the end of the day, the peanuts is it's better than nothing. And I guess that's how I'm, I'm going to try to spin oh, it. Oh, no, it's so good. I'm not complaining about yeah. NIL. I'm just saying in terms of the investment, um, I think that they're going to find or there's going to be schools that discover it's actually better to get a guy in there, um, you know, who's maybe a four-star that's going to stick around. But I did hear an interesting tidbit that a lot of these NIL, NIL deals now require the student-athlete to be, and this is on the business side, they, they require the student-athlete to be consecutively enrolled um, for a certain time period. And the consecutive enrollment piece is what they care about because they can't say, we're going to pay you this money if you continue your attendance at Florida State. What they can say is you have to stay consecutively enrolled in college. And to transfer schools, you have to unenroll and then enroll. And because you can't do that instantaneously, you would be uh, in breach of contract and they can void it. So that's how they're that's how they're doing a lot of this stuff. So, you know, the nine and a half million is only probably valid as long as he stays there through some some clever writing. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a great point. And it just has me a little bit worried about the sense that, I mean, what if the kid, let's just talk a hypothetical kid here. He gets $5 million to go to Texas. And then, like you're saying, he just wants to leave. He's not playing. He's looking for a transfer. But that very next semester, he's at another school. So that wealthy booster is now going to, what, come back and sue him for the money back? Or how does that, how, how does that work? I fortuned out. Um, and then maybe it's, I, I mean, I don't want to get into... Uh, escrow law here but i'm sure that that's involved too yeah uh but yeah i think that there's going to be i mean this is a contract system and they're basically figuring out a way to write contracts without writing contracts so it's i don't know that miami you know if three of these guys hit and 10 don't you know is it worth it you know if you, if you get three elite prospects and 10 that you don't really give a shit about because you can find 10 new guys next year you know the goal is going to be kind of to accumulate talent to a degree mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so, absolutely. But these are big numbers, so who knows? Um, for my uh, for my sleeper here, uh, champion sleeper overrated. Uh, I don't uh, so a little bit of a split pick here. I've got UNC versus NC State in the uh, championship game. Um, I, I think that those two come out and give us a little bit of a, a change of pace here. I've got Florida State as a sleeper. Um, I, I think that they're they're going to be better than they have been. They're not going to be a joke, and there's just there's still a ton of talent on there. And I'm then Pitt. I've got as uh, overrated here, um, partially out of loyalty to Mark Whipple. Uh, yeah, go big grad. What? I said, hell yeah, go big grad. Let's go, yeah, Mark go Whipple. Go. Uh, yeah, we got Mark Whipple. I, you know that it hurt them to leave because of um, why can't I think of Pitt's coach's name? Uh, Narduzzi. Narduzzi. I'm gonna say D'Antonio, but that was there. That was the head coach for him. Anyway, um, Narduzzi, you know, throwing shade at, at Whipple's play calling and all that. That makes me know that it hurt for them to lose him. He wouldn't have said anything. You're just like, yeah, yeah, I wish him the best. Um, I don't know. I think it's gonna be a big deal for them. They obviously lost an enormous amount of talent. Their over-under still seems real high um, considering, you know, the pitness of it all. So I think, uh, I, I think they have a little bit tougher season. I'm all for rooting against Pitt because Narduzzi's become a little bit of a crybaby in the media about yeah. the NIL. I don't know if anyone saw that. There's a recent article that came out on ESPN regarding and it's another interesting dynamic to the NIL world that other programs are poaching kids while they're still enrolled and at the school. So Narduzzi is very upset about one of their top wide receivers who ended up transferring to USC, um, basically feeling like he was getting poached by USC while he was still on his football team. And that's where he's trying to find. And I'm not trying to come not meaning to call him a crybaby about that, because that probably is something that we need to get addressed and get some kind of regulation around. But um, you bringing up that consecutive semester thing has my has my mind spinning about that. That's an interesting interesting yeah. thing that will really play into this stuff going forward. All righty. Well, Sandra, let's go to Notre Dame for a minute. Yeah. All right. Hit me with it. <laughs> Hit him with it. We don't. I don't have any Notre Dame to get caught up on here. They're going to be what twelve and zero. Yeah. Always. Yep. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's talking that's talking irish for you right there folks that's talking the irish <laughs> you know what that's about as much you don't, as have, you, you don't have any fun facts or anything fun to report about notre dame b sizzle uh you know I, I i just assumed that given your your deep level of knowledge on notre dame football that um i i would i would be able to sit back and relax uh no notre dame over under let's talk about their over under for wins and um uh anything that is particularly interesting around them uh, for their schedule. So over under uh, Notre Dame, uh, their win total is eight and a half. Where are you boys going on that? Eight and a half. How is it that low? How is it that low? It just it feels I, really low. That feels crazy low. All right, let's run through their, let's run through their schedule real quick. Before we I know that everybody that. is still listening for the Notre Dame content right now. So we've we, Damn content. Yeah. All right. Notre Dame at Ohio State week one. Loss. Okay. Big loss. Huge loss. Ohio State's winning the title. Uh, Notre Dame, or excuse me, Marshall at Notre Dame. Notre Dame wins. Yeah. Cal at Notre Dame. <laughs> Notre Dame. Okay. Notre Dame at UNC. Big game. Really fun yeah. game. I'm still taking Notre Dame. I'll say 
I'll say Notre Dame, but reluctantly. Uh, Notre Dame at BYU. So I'll still say Notre Dame, but BYU does have another quarterback in the works here with Jaron Hall that might be dangerous up there with uh, – yeah, what town are they? Provo? Are they Provo? Yeah. yeah, I think they're in Provo. Um, I think I'll still say Notre Dame gets that win, though. Yeah, win for sure. I'm I'm saying they lose this game. Um but I'm saying that partially because I think they're going to lose one of the two between UNC and BYU. But I'll give you guys, I'll, I'll count your votes. So we're at four wins. Okay. Uh, Stanford at Notre Dame. This is my loss. I think that that Tanner McKee kid, the quarterback for Stanford, it looks like he's pretty, uh, he, he might be that one that sky rises on the quarterback board. So kind of like Stanford this year. Okay. Santa? Win. <laughs> we're, on a, we're undefeated season. Undefeated right now. <laughs> Uh, okay. They cruise by UNLV. Yeah, they beat UNLV. They beat Syracuse. Cruise by Syracuse. Clemson comes to Notre Dame, November 5th. This one's going to come down to the trenches. After I just talked about that defensive line, I'm really scared to, like, just walk over Clemson. So yeah. just for, for the sake of conversation here and where I see this working, I'm going to say loss. That's two. I think that's an L. Yeah. That's a win. Still undefeated in all Still undefeated. I feel like I know where this is going. Uh, Notre Dame at Navy. Win. Yep. Win. B- BC at Notre Dame. Win. I can see sleep, the upset. Sleep, sleeper game. Boston like, College. Yeah, I, I actually kind of agree with this. I can see the upset. Uh, and then Notre Dame at USC. It's, it's going to be tough, but as I told you in our preview uh, last week... USC is going to fall at home to Notre Dame to cap the season. So Notre Dame win. So that will be a wonderful preview to the years and years and years of battles that these two will continue to have, but in the Big Ten Conference. This is a future Big Ten matchup ending the year. Notre Dame, USC, the best of the Big Ten. Can't look for anything better. Um, Yeah, but I'm going Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame gets it done. I, we talked about it earlier. I just think it's going to take Lincoln Riley a little bit to piece that together. Marcus Freeman is awesome. Tommy Pham, not Tommy Pham. Is it Tommy Reese or Tommy Pham? No, Tommy Pham's the baseball Tommy Pham plays baseball. Tommy yeah. Reese is the offensive coordinator for Notre Tommy, Dame. Tommy Reese, awesome. The fact that both of them decided to stay there. Tommy Reese said, screw you to Brian Kelly to stay at Notre Dame. I just think there's a lot to like about Notre Dame as a program, whether or not they're going to – you know, win it all this year, but I still take that over of eight and a half. It, I, it, but it makes you understand the eight and a half. It does. It totally well, makes sense. It does. Having having Clemson in there, having Ohio State in there, as that's why when you're chalking up those two right away, it's that makes it tough. North, North Carolina is a tough game on the road. USC is a tough game on the road. All right, you're right. Fine, do, you, do you do you do you completely change your tune about Clemson UNC if Notre Dame starts the season with the win against Ohio State? Then do you just think the if, rest if of Notre Dame is a better team than I think they are? Then yes. If Notre Dame beats Ohio State, that is that's instantly you're propelled into a top six football team. Yeah, because Ohio State will be number two. It'll be Alabama, Ohio State, and one and two. I don't know in which order, but those are the two best teams. C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are just gonna yeah, it's gonna be a really fun year for those yeah. two. September third, six thirty p.m. Can't come soon enough. No, it cannot. We'll be together, boys. Close oh, yeah. Your Let's Close go. Your It'll be here soon. All right. Well, 
we have uh, we have given the listeners a lot of content for this week, which is great. You know, getting close to the end of summer, a lot of road trips up to your lake houses out in um, what's what's the one what's what's the place in Nebraska, Makatawa Island or Lake McConaughey? Lake McConaughey. I think if you say Makatawa Island, I'm pretty sure Mackinac Island's in Michigan, but Makatawa Island, baby. Makatawa Island, yeah, Wanahakalugi. Uh, etc. Um, sure. <laughs> thank you. I love that you really always pick up on that. Uh, I have I have no additions. We did a really good job. We we, we really crushed. There's no it. way we did a good job. There's got to be so many errors in there. There were way too many to count. Like I was trying yeah. to Google stats as you guys were saying that. I'm like I don't know. Probably that sounds that sounds real. That's well, why that's, the, that's for the corrections corner. That's Considering the, the only person still listening week. to this is Price Harmon out in Germany. Shout out. Um, Shout that out is. Germany. That is uh, probably, yeah, he's going to care. He's going to text me about this and be like, I, I I knew it. Brad, Brad, how you get those stats wrong, Brad? You're so silly. <laughs> You're going to get a text from Pierce just from this segment here, and I'm going to get a text from Anna from an hour and a half long episode on that one little bit where her brother said it's time to start a family. So, Oh, yeah, like, that's true. She has like 16 hours of flights coming up, so she's totally listened to this entire yeah, thing. Ollie, if you want to cut that out and we'll just save it for another day, that's fine too. Ollie, enhance the audio. I'm just kidding. It's gonna, family's going to enhance. enhance. All right. Well, for myself out here in dark, cloudy bedtime, Chicago, Illinois, I am Brad Kirschenbaum. For my two fine gentlemen, soon to be reunited in under four weeks. Until next time, hug it. Chug it. Football! Football!